2: But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a free meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pedometer as our special gift to you. We have knee, back, and other braces available, as well as pharmacy services. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and you have insurance, we can help. 888-303-9136 888-303-9136 888-303-9136 That's 888-303-9136 Blog
1: Talk USA Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune in to Blog Talk USA Let your voice be heard On Blog
0: Talk USA
3: Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. We welcome you right back here again on Monday night for Marvelous Monday. Hope that you have had an amazing week and that you're keeping warm because it's a little shit here in East Texas. So we hope that you're having a great, great beginning of the week and you're ready to talk about some very important things that are happening in our country and some very important things that's going to happen in our country to make things better just for everybody. In particular, we're going to talk about women tonight and some of the issues that women endure but then there are some men that are in doing these things as well. So let's find out who's on with us tonight. I know that Dr. Hagney uh, is on another Zoom, and he won't be able to be on with us tonight. So we will, And Miss Rihanna is a little tied up, so she won't, she's on standby. She'll be in the background, but she may not join in with us uh, to make sure that our technology continues. So, Dr. Carr, are you there?
1: I am here. Good evening.
3: Good evening, Dr. Carter. How are you doing?
1: I'm quite well, and I hope everyone else is doing well tonight.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that. Mr. Arthur did send us an announcement that he will be about 10 minutes late. We're all very busy people. I just jumped off of a very important Zoom, and hopefully that we will be able to have the individual person who we've been on Zoom with for the last hour to come on and talk to us about some very, very important things, uh, to, to help people medically and mentally. In particular, uh, Dr. Carr, uh, veterans who have experienced traumatic brain injury, uh, who experienced PTSD and a lot of things, uh, uh, an amazing scientist who taught in the medical school for 30 years there in uh, Denver, Colorado, Ooh. School of Medicine. Yes, Dr. Prasad, I just got off the phone with him. He's 81 years of age, getting ready to celebrate his 82nd birthday, and you would think he's 60. Uh, he is amazing. <laughs> he is an amazing gentleman. And so we have connected up with him along with Dr. Russ Kark. Uh, and, um, and of course, one of my dear friends right here in Tyler, Texas, my reflexologist, as a matter of fact, Miss Mary Sunshine, that we've been friends for a while. She was actually married to a veteran, and so she's very, very interested in veterans and for them to feel better, but not just veterans, but all of the people, America, it doesn't matter whether you're a veteran or not, uh, talking about these products and the amazing work that Dr. Fassad is doing with these products. Okay. We're going to be actually journeyed with him out to celebrate his birthday in January. Uh, we're going to journey out to um, Las Vegas. They're bringing us out okay. there to celebrate his 82nd birthday. And so we're really excited about that, And but okay. I want him to eventually come on to our Monday night show and talk about the great work uh, that he is doing along with uh, Dr. Russ Cork. Uh, these are amazing, amazing scientists. And some of the key things that uh, that I'm very interested in, and the reason being is that I know so many people who have these issues, and that's diabetes. Uh, and he showed us um, some of the products that he's used for these uh Areas and people who have had gangrene of the foot, and oh. and and all kinds of issues uh, with uh, their circulatory system, and all of that, and how they've been able to heal these people, and keeping them from completely losing their extremities, and and things that I saw that we have never been able to cure these things uh, we just kind of treat them and they become long month in and month out taking months and months on end for for diabetics to heal from wounds that they have incurred especially in particular in the foot and the feet and so um, so we're gonna have to have him on because he's just amazing so let's see who else is on uh, with us tonight I, I invited um, several of my friends on because what we want to talk about uh, tonight, uh, Dr. Karnberg, we're going to do our round robin shortly and talk about what's going on in our areas and everything. So, but, but let me just begin with uh, the fact that Dr. Uh, Dr. Hagney is not going to be on tonight with us. So, um, so he, what he would actually be pushing is that new uh, variant of COVID that's out there and for the mere fact that um, that there is a vaccine for that new variant, and he's encouraging people to consider taking that uh, variant, uh, that vaccine, as well as taking uh, their flu shot. Uh, we know that we're getting ready to get into the cool season, and I don't know what your temperature is like down there right now, D- uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Carr, but I can tell you that it got pretty chilly over the weekend here and we welcomed this beautiful weather. We, I think we got down into the um, mid to lower 30s here in Tyler, Texas. And, okay. uh, it's, it and then we had lots of rain. As a matter of fact, speaking of rain, and I went to, uh, to say this, Dr. Carr, to celebrate uh, congratulations to my grandson, Macaulay McKellar, and all of his teammates there at DeSoto High School. The uh, football game was actually on Friday night, but it stormed and it rained, and oh, it went on for forever, it seemed, and uh, they eventually, UIL, uh, had to cancel that game. For the simple reason that it was raining so hard in the Dallas metropolitan area. So they said, oh okay, we'll try it on, on Saturday. And so uh, we got up early Saturday morning and I went to my uh, conference for my sorority there at the Anatole Hotel there. And it was still pouring down rain. And so, but at 2 o'clock, the rain just went away. And the rain <laughs> stayed away. It was amazing. Dr. Carr, the rain stayed away until the game was completely over. And so my, I was trying to get them to get 50 on the scoreboard, but it got up to 49 and it just hung right there. So, uh, so there was, it was a great game. Uh, they played the uh, Duncanville. Uh, school and of course my, my team won and so we say congratulations to both, both of the teams because they were outstanding but, uh, one was a little bit better than the other one and uh, we were just really proud and then afterwards the scouts were there and they were interviewing my grandson. He was the only one that actually got interviewed. And so this, it's amazing how the scouts are out there, Dr. Carr. They're out there looking at these young folks very oh, early now. Very early. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> very,
3: yes. very early. Absolutely. So, uh, so uh, we're very, we're very proud. They're, was, they're great. They're great athletes, and what I like is they're teaching them good sportsmanship. That you yes. don't have to. I, I know the tension is high, and. Everybody wants to win, but you don't have to fight. And so they, they, they had a, a talk with the boys and said, if anybody does any fighting and all of that, you will be expelled from the team. Uh, you would be expelled from the game, rather, I should say, okay. and won't okay. get a chance to play. So we've got to teach them still, right, even though, even yeah. though they're excited and the tension is high, but they have to follow the rules and regulations, would you say?
0: Correct, I would say.
3: Absolutely. Yes, sir, absolutely. So, okay, then, let's see now. We went through uh, Pastor, Pastor Cooper. Pastor, well, Pastor Cooper would have let us know if he was already in because he uh, has that way of letting us know that he's here. So we're going to go straight to, uh, well, well, first of all, Dr. Carr, bring us up to date on anything that you'd like for us to know that's going on in Arkansas. We'll give you well, that I opportunity before we go
1: to our uh, special
0: guest. Give I
1: think it's it. worthwhile to talk about a couple of things that are happening in Arkansas. On last uh, Monday when we all were together on the program, there was some talk about the uh, Arkansas Land Farm Development Corporation and the uh, monies and benefits that are out there for farmers and people who are descendants of farmers. Well, I was actually, uh matter of fact, I'm on the board of that organization, and I was at the annual conference this past Friday in Brinkley, Arkansas, and uh, it was an amazing event. There was probably a couple of hundred people who were there, and you were seeing uh, people uh, who were farmers, people who were in support roles all over the place. It was a really exciting event, and there are some major things being done uh, across the South with regards to Arkansas uh, land and farm getting information out to our citizens about uh, what benefits are out there. So I would say that there is a surge of uh, activity, coming about as a result of this organization's work. And uh, shout out to Dr. Calvin King. He and I are classmates at Philander Smith College in Little Rock, and he is the president and CEO of the organization, and he is one of the most brilliant people uh, I've been around uh, in a long, long time. So there are good (laughs) things happening in Arkansas uh, organization-wise. Also uh, in Arkansas, uh, we met with uh, Dr., not Dr., but Nurse Practitioner, Brittany Lewis, who uh, visited with us by Zoom in our Union Grove Community Center group meeting on last Tuesday, and we're bringing in a nutritionist uh, on tomorrow morning at 10 to talk to us because we foresee that this uh, community group can uh, ascertain funds from people who give money to worthy causes uh, to this 501c3. We plan to revolutionize the city and county of Camden, Arkansas, because there's so much pervasive uh, uh, poverty in the area. When you look at the per capita numbers with the people and the disparity in benefits and services and so forth and so on, it's it's a grand hour for us. So we're looking forward to being able to come back and talk about programs that have been put in place to serve the citizens of our community. Dr. Hackman asked me last week to make sure to uh, connect with nurse practitioner Lewis and to see if it would be permissible to record, uh, our comings together, our meetings, uh, and I uh, will be talking to her about that tomorrow morning. So in the next coming weeks, I think we'll have a lot of exciting news to talk about uh, coming from our state. We can finally stop talking about Governor uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and her
0: podium exploits
1: and so forth and so on for a while. So that's what's happening in Arkansas. Other than that, just cold temperatures. My wife said about five minutes ago, I need you to bring my plants in because it's supposed to be freezing tonight. So that answers that's the question exactly of how, right. how is it here in the that? But that's about what's happening uh, on, our, on our end.
3: Okay, great. Thank you. And thank you for reminding about the plants, because I have to have husband to bring mine in as well, <laughs> yeah, bring them into my yeah, bedroom absolutely. someplace right. so that we can make sure that, that they stay alive absolutely. for a while. Okay, absolutely. I believe Mr. Arthur's on. Mr. Arthur, are you there?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. How y'all doing tonight? Pretty We're good. How great. You doing? How, We're
3: doing? Good How are you doing? Yeah, right. Mr. Arthur, so is there anything that you want to bring us up to date on out of Dallas, Texas, the Metroplex before we get going? And uh, let me say that, uh, Mr. Arthur, we've already talked about who won the game on Saturday afternoon. So I, I was singing to my friends who actually attend church with me, um, their, their children go to Duncanville, and my, children, my, my child goes to DeSoto. And so I, I, for some reason a song just came to my memory, and it said, The Eagle Flies on Friday. Uh, but then I said the Eagle also flies on Saturday.
0: <laughs> Saturday, that we, Go ahead. <laughs> Congratulations
2: on a great game. Uh, Thank you. Because we're in this, we, you know, they thought of them at, at a different uh, state, state division. So, so hopefully well, both that, teams. That, that
4: doesn't
3: matter. They still lost. So
0: uh so <laughs>
3: it's so it's what i And as a matter of fact okay, they're six A two, right? Or six A one. I mean, when I was in school it was a four A and that was it. That's what we were a four A. So now they're up to five and six A and B, right, or something like that.
2: So, well, they got so uh, many programs. but well, they got so many programs that's why they had to spend what went up another division and then they split it so they got two so you remember last year both of them won championships but they've been different they were both right. days, been different, different divisions, divisions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, that's yeah. right that's right and, well and, i th- and, I, th- I think,
3: I so think DeSoto is a, DeSoto DeSoto is a DeSoto. division go ahead
2: i'm sorry go ahead is the conference champion so that, that that was a championship game for the for the uh, you, know, for their, you know for their uh uh you know two leagues but uh but now right. they're going to go their separate ways i'm saying
3: now I'm sorry. Before what was the
2: last playoffs. thing you said? I said so now. I said but now as for as the playoffs they're going to be going their separate ways. Yes. Yes. As as okay. The playoffs, okay. They they won't see each other in playoffs.
3: Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I I, I think they were that, that the Desoto team was looking forward to beating them before before they sent them on their way.
2: <laughs>
3: well, <laughs> and they and they, and they beat up on see them see and sent them here. on their way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, 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 I not want to bring it up, but you know that's the first time. You, you know, last five times, uh, you know, Dunky didn't so you know. i it was. So that, let you know it that,
3: That's that's we we that lets us know we can't live on that past, right? We got to keep yeah, working. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
3: Well, Mr. Arthur, we have some amazing guests in with us tonight. I was about to uh, bring them in, so I'm glad you're here. Uh, we, we have, and we're going to allow them to introduce themselves, but I'm going to first bring in the veteran, uh, Ms. Lala, and uh, uh, AKA uh, the, uh, I should say, it, Tina is gone, but she left her legacy behind. That's Ms. Lala. So, Ms. Lala, are you there?
5: Wow. Yes, I'm here. Thank you so
3: much. <laughs> Yes, well, please go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Arthur, who is a veteran also, uh, Mr. Arthur Flemings, and then, of course, uh, Dr. Carr out of Arkansas. And then then once we do that, then you can bring in whomever else that you have online with you tonight, and we want to talk about, we know that October – is uh, domestic violence month and, and some other parts we know as it's, it's breast cancer awareness month. So we're going to focus on women tonight, gentlemen, if that's okay by uh, the two of you. We're going to focus on the woman and what she has experienced in her life. So we want Lala first to introduce herself and then, um, and then tell a little bit of Tell us a little bit about herself and what her project is, and then, but before you get deeply into the project, we want you to bring in the rest of the special guests that we have, some amazing people that's it. working with Miss Lala.
5: Go right ahead. Mm-hmm. Excellent. First, uh, thank you for having me on tonight, like seriously, for having us on tonight. My name is Lala Johnson. I am East Texas born and raised, long to be exact. Gilmore, part of my childhood. Um, <laughs> I uh, am a 14-year Army vet, freaking Hua, who has been touring huh? for the past almost almost 10 years with Erica Badu as her only the only woman in her band at this point, but also her soprano background vocalist. Um, I have been doing tribute, producing my own tribute shows in the Dallas Fort Worth um, market live live music market for the past well since 2011. And I've done over uh, 20 productions, self-funded, self-produced, self-everythinged. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been quite a journey. Um, most re- one of the more recent projects that I did was a tribute to Tina Turner, in which I assembled a 12-piece all-woman band. And it became apparent to me, the closer we got to debuting that show, that is not just a one and done this is actually a marketable product that I can take around the world um that was 2019 when uh I Tina the band found its inception um and I've been working to you know to get us on the road and traveling around the world um and more more recently since Ms, Ten, Ms. Turner's passing I discovered or I learned rather that she was actually in Dallas Texas whenever she left I Turner um so upon learning that new information i was inspired basically to launch a festival in dallas um in her honor because dallas is apparently you know clearly a pivotal point in her life is basically the place where she she was when she de- decided to re-rebirth herself if you will um is the the beginning of the end of I Can Tina and the beginning of tina turner as we know her and love her right um so that is happening on december 6th. the 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 inaugural Festival is happening on December 16th. I'm calling it Tina Fest, and that's happening at the Scheller uh, <laughs> Hotel. Down to- you
3: get, okay, can I can I just say sure. for a second, before you get deeply into that conversation, two things I want to do. Yeah. First of all, I want you to know that Mr. Arthur was there the night that you honored and sang to me, and he was one of the veterans ah! that came forth. You were one <laughs> so of the he was there yeah,
0: I'm an with
6: me. I was had... airport
3: guy. <laughs> <laughs> airport guy. He was. Oh, yes, man. he was right. He escorted me up to the stage Took when you picture. called my name <laughs> on the speaker and all that. That's number one. And then number two, I want to. I want you to bring in the other guests. Uh, that make them So that everybody will know who they are, and then we can get into what we're going to be doing on December the sixteenth. Please. Yes, ma'am. You Thank got... you. All right now,
5: yes, Thank you. Right. So uh, I brought along with me uh, Nicole Lawson, who is assisting with the, the planning committee of Tina Fest, as well as Ms. Deborah Bowles, who is the uh, the founder of Women Called Moses, which is a domestic violence. Bi- well, you know, I'll actually let them speak for themselves. Um, uh, Nicole, if you want to go first, and then Deborah, if you want to go after Nicole since I, in the order that that I mentioned you all, that would be great.
3: Yeah, if they would just introduce themselves, and then we're going to ask a few questions about. Uh, so, so if she would introduce herself, and then we would have Miss Debo to introduce herself, and then we're going to circle back down to me, and I'm going to ask you a few questions, if that's okay.
0: Okay,
6: okay, awesome. Go Good evening, hi everybody, and thank you so much, uh, Lala, for uh, bringing me along on this journey. Allow me to serve your vision. Um, Also, I'm appreciative of of having a moment with you ladies on this show tonight. My name is Nicole Lawson. I'm an Army brat. (laughs) Uh, Grew up in a military family, so lived a lot of places. Uh, Born in Germany. I am in New Jersey, which is my home state. But I did uh, get to enjoy a lot of years in the Texas, Oklahoma area. I went to school for music at University of North Texas. Um, as well as Langston University in Oklahoma which is the only um HBCU on that side of the country and um that's when right. i was living in yeah when i was living in texas i got a a great uh, chance to uh, to learn under a lot of amazing musicians and singers including Miss Lala who be- wound up becoming i adopted her as my big sister and mentor Um, I also uh, got to sing for a while for the gospel great Mr. Fred Hammond, and then from there, um, I decided to move back to New Jersey, Um, working here, singing here, and uh, working with my uh, company in Lawson & Associates where Uh, Of course, I I perform, I act. I also provide other other business services uh, with an emphasis on um, really helping to empower other uh, women who have experienced domestic violence and survived like I have myself, which is why it means a lot to come on these platforms and have these conversations, uh, you know, advocating for uh, more awareness and prevention. Um, and, And also for me, it's more about, empowerment on the other end of it getting to empowerment quickly and uh, using entrepreneurship as one of those roads uh-huh, so turn
3: back over beautiful. beautiful okay then we'll go to miss debo Hello.
4: good afternoon everyone this is Deborah Nixon Cole, the CEO and founder of women call Moses coalition and outreach been in existence for 23 years I advocate for all women that are Experiencing some type of domestic violence, whether it's sex trafficking, human trafficking, homelessness, uh, veterans, women, all types of women and children. It's very dear to me that I give women and children resources they need to stay alive. I believe in echoing in the community and letting people know why it's important that we shine awareness on domestic violence, especially in the black community, because it's still taboo and our women are dying daily due to domestic violence. So I'm compelled for such a time as this to just echo, talk about it, um, let everybody know that we all play a part. Somehow we know someone that have been impacted by domestic violence, whether it's in your home, friends, on your job, at church, we know someone. So we all should say it is our business when it comes to domestic violence. Um, We hate when it hit our households. However, I believe if we all just understand why it's so important to give back to nonprofit organizations to keep doors open for resources, then just stick with me and visit my website at WCMcares.org. Due to everyone's time, I'm not going to go into a long detail. Just please visit our website to learn about me and what I stand for. Most of all, I stand for holiness and righteousness, WCMcares.org. Oh, beautiful. So let me, let me just uh, give you guys a little
3: backstory quickly before we, uh, and after which I'm going to bring um, uh, Pastor Cooper in. But on this, this past weekend, uh, all of you know, my team members know, that I attended uh, my Alpha Kappa Alpha so- South Central Regional Cluster, which was held at, at the Anatole. It started on Friday night and then it commenced on Saturday. Well, lo and behold, and I didn't know until I got there on Saturday that our special project, we have these special projects that that my sorority puts on uh, throughout the country. But little did I know that the special project that we were working on, uh, this particular cluster, embraced domestic violence, and that all of our resources and everything that we brought, whether it was finances or clothing or whatever, that it was going to go to women called Moses. And so they announced it to us who it was going to. They said it looked around Dallas, Texas area to find a nonprofit. Uh, African American non-profit organization to give to and they came up with Miss Debo (laughs) and I was beside myself in my seat and so when she got up and she went up to the front (laughs) to be with our regional director and receive the check and receive all the things that all of us ladies from the Northeast Texas cluster brought to hand over to her. I mean, and then she got up there okay, so then she showed her video. And so her her spokesperson was Jada Peakett Smith. And let me tell you, when Miss Debo got up there because when when Jada's photograph came up on the screen and she started speaking, there was some negative press that was from the audience. And keep in mind Miss Debo can tell you there was tons of women there right? Because we were all from Northeast Texas, right? And so she got up there and she straightened us out. And I say us because she straightened, even though we may not have booed or whatever, whatever some of them said, she says, we don't know her story. And so when she got finished with us, I think there was no dry eyes in the house. She gave us a mini sermon. Trust me. <laughs> and those highly educated black women backed down because they don't know Jada Pinkett Smith's story. And we and 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 she talked about that all of us have been touched by domestic violence. Thank you, Debo. And I tried to find her. I said, "You stay at that stay at that registration desk till I get there." But but by the time I got out there, she'd already taken off to go. And then I had to take off to go to the game so that we could beat uh, Duncanville. But at any rate,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I
4: didn't know you were there because I would have really hugged you and showed you much love. But, yes, you know, I was. I it. was three. I was. I was like three seats
3: three rows from, from the front. I was, I, if I had any inkling, I would have come up, come to your table uh, before. I mean, it was just great to see you. It really was. And thank you so thank much you. for your work. And so let me bring in Pastor Cooper, but I, I, I wanted to share that with everybody because she was so amazing. And I recorded it. Thank you. I recorded. Yes, I did. So thank you so much for your work. Uh, Pastor Cooper, come on in. Good there?
7: I am you know I was on the uh, website and and good evening to everyone. Thank you all for being here but I wanted to just jump in real quick and not stop the flow. I was on the website when uh you all were talking about Dickie Smith and uh I'm very appreciative of uh, her taking the stand she did and, and letting everyone understand that everyone has a story. Uh, no matter where they are and and, and the way I like to relay that because we have a lot of folks that's uh involved with nursing, myself with uh therapy and coaching and spiritual counseling and all those other things, and we always send uh Dr. acne and pharmaceuticals the way I try to explain people's uh mental health and and that's what a lot of us are, are either dealing with or not dealing
3: and, and Pastor dealing with. Cooper, Pastor Cooper, I'm sorry, sure. if I can jump in for a second. If you're not speaking, if you would mute your phone because we could hear all the background noise so we can get a good recording and you'll be able to go and listen to this program later. And Doctor uh, Pastor Cooper, tell them what your profession is and then continue your pre- uh, what you have to say.
0: Oh,
7: okay, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, besides being an entrepreneur, uh, businessman, uh, pastor for uh, – almost 20 years, uh, uh, psychologist, uh, scientist, you name it. Uh, but the, the main thing I am is the love of God's people. And, and I love those that uh, deal with folks, especially when people are so successful as Will Smith and Jacob Smith and all those folks and Tupac because we have to enter, uh, enter him into the conversation. I go back and use the example of this. Uh me and my wife, we play a little game. We watch movie stars on television, and we look at their mouth, and we pay attention to dental work or the lack thereof. And if you go back and look at any pictures of Will Smith when he's singing and mouth while talking, you notice that there are cavities, there, there, there are teeth that are not quite straight. Uh, wow. So, so what I'm saying is that, that – you know, we always talk about mental health, but what about physical health and, and people growing up and not having all of the access to good dental care? So we didn't have good dental care. We also didn't have anyone to help us to get through those dark days, depressed days, uh, aggressive days, uh, mental anger, uh, mental illness when you're dealing with anger and, and undiagnosed mental illness of dealing with anger and all of these things. And the same thing that uh, uh, Jada Pinkett-Smith experienced. We always correlate her with uh, Will Smith, Tupac, in those situations. But you go back, Tupac was a, a gangbanger, drug user, a seller, mm-hmm. dealer. Uh, so we have to go back and look at all of this stuff, and we have to give each other not a pass mm-hmm. but a help up to get through so that we can pass uh, from one yeah. day to the other day. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you for your work. Incredible. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> you'
3: Thank,
7: thank you. And so we'll
3: we'll It'll, give it back over to you, Miss Lala, and then you can carry on and give us what you want us to to know. And then we'll have some questions for you, I'm sure. sure. Go right ahead.
5: Sure thing. Awesome. Yeah. So December sixteenth um, is going to be the inaugural um, event of Tina Fest, and um, I I wanted to make sure that we did this in the year of 2023 because this is the year of uh, Tina Turner's passing. Um, so that's happening at the Statler Hotel in downtown Dallas and um super excited about being able to have the Rock the Look Contest, which is a kind of a um a uh costume contest, um as well as a kind of like a Tina turn look alike contest. Um, a rock and roll prince or princess contest, which is a um talent search for um uh young singers in the D F W area as well as uh, the event will be headlined by my band, I, Tina. Um, we're also, the reason why uh, Ms. Bowles is a part of tonight's conversation, and aside from, from the connection we've made um, socially, is that a, for, a substantial portion of the proceeds from Tina Fest this year and, and every year going forward will be going to her her organization, when the Called Moses, because Tina Turner also is a survivor of um, domestic violence and abuse. Um, that was a a um, passion of hers as well, and so it only made perfect sense for us to to uh, commemorate her life in that way as well.
0: So okay, very gist? good. Sure.
5: Go go ahead. I'm sorry. What was that? I was just saying that's a general general gist. I now open the floor for questions. <laughs> right. Okay. So we we can talk a little bit more
3: about. Um, uh, what we're going to be doing with uh, December the sixteenth, and how others uh, we have we have a lot of people that have organizations that are listening, and we have a lot of people who are actually uh, team members of Monday Night uh, Marvelous Monday that may be interested in uh, uh, buying at a level or buying a table, or because the one thing that we are going to do, and we have a lot of people in East Texas who listens to this show. Uh, is that we want to charter a bus and, uh, and carry that bus from East Texas up to Dallas during, uh, during that night. And then we want to, uh, and, and then,
0: uh,
3: Lola, you can tell them about, uh, from one hotel, what we're going to do at the beginning of the hotel where she, the run, and, and just, just give them a little bit more about the plans that we've made so far we're still
5: making more plans but some of the plans that we've talked about
3: so far if you if you don't
5: mind absolutely sure thing so yes I'm currently um, the, the ticket site is up that uh, ticket site is bitly bit.ly forward slash Tina fest and um, tickets are on sale for adults for $30 and um, children for $15 I'm currently working on VIP packages which will be on the website um by the end of this week. And one of the uh VIP packages packages will include what I'm what we're calling the escape tour or the escape um, um yeah, the escape tour, which is um a shuttle service from the Statler to the Lorenzo Hotel where the Lorenzo actually has what they call the escape room um being that the Lorenzo, formerly the Ramada Inn at the time, was where she, she wound up taking ref, taking up refuge for three days. And all she had was the clothes on her back, the shoes on her feet, um, a mobile gas card, and 36 cents. That's all she mm-hmm. had. Um, but they right. allowed her to stay there and, and, you know, be protected for three days. And so to commemorate that, once Lorenzo reopened, renovated and all, um, they have a room called the Escape room, which is basically a shrine to Tina Turner. And all things Tina Turner are in that room, including a pair of shoes that the legend has it she performed in. So um, the plan is to have the escape tour basically culminate with a tour of the escape room and then be shuttled back to the the Statler for the remaining um, day's events. Um, I'm currently looking for vendors. Um, I'll have 10 vendor tables available and I'm um, also looking for a sponsorship uh, for the event as well. So
3: all that right. uh, information for we'll, vendors and sponsors is right. available on the site, the site as well. And what we'll be doing is sending out uh, vendor levels, and we'll be sending yes. that to various organizations. And so, of course, we'll send some to the organizations that we have listed here. I'm going to bring in, uh, because we're talking about domestic violence, and, and we all know that Tina left Ike. Said and she she she, had, she was fed up. In other words, so she was fed up at that one hotel, and she left there with basically nothing. So the message that we want to get out there to women, and then and then of course we know that there are some men that abuse, but because we're talking about we're, we're talking about women tonight. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. This is Domestic Violence Month. The bulk of the people that we know that in this in this country, probably in the world, uh, are women who experience more domestic violence than anyone else. So we're going to bring Ms. Debo in, and so we're going to talk about some signs of abuse, and then we want to also talk about the resources, because long time ago when this was happening uh, to Tina and many other people that we probably know, the resources were not there. But America is filled with resources, so we want to talk about some of the resources that we know are available to people, and they don't have to stay in an abusive relationship. Many just stay because they have no money, they have no place to go, they think. So, Stebo, if you come in, and let's talk a little bit about signs of abuse and then some of the resources that you have personally available for people uh, in the in the Northeast Texas area. And I don't know if you're just limited to Northeast Texas, but I guarantee you if someone from East Texas came to Northeast Texas looking for help, Ms. Debo would give it to them. Go right ahead, ma'am.
4: Most definitely. There are a lot of resources, especially since, you know, when I went through it back in the 80s. Um, one thing is you always, and I tell people this, if you don't have any funds or don't know anyone, At least get three people on your team, and if you feel that you're in danger, I would like for you to use a code. Like sometimes women are afraid to leave with their perpetrator there. Even if you don't have an exit plan and your life is in danger, call 911. Have three friends or family members and say, hey, girl, if I call you and say the word fraud, that means call 911 right now. If you hear a neighbor, there's some noise, you can do an anonymous call and say, hey, I need a safety check. I hear some noise, and I just want to make sure that the kids or whoever's in there is okay, and they'll never mention your name. That's a good thing to know. Not only that, the signs are there. We ignore the signs, or we think we can fix that person. I think the the minister said something earlier. Mental health is real. And a lot of times we get in these relationships not knowing that someone is self-medicating themselves or they haven't been clinically diagnosed Or, you know, they start mixing their meds with drugs, alcohol, and that can create a problem. And so you have to even know those warning signs when someone is having mental issues and they're taking meds. And when they get off their meds, and you know those signs, and that's good when you can know the signs so you can call, you know, their therapist or someone in the family and say, hey, you know, he's not taking his meds. We need to do an intervention. Also, a lot of times we know that, you know, you have a friend. She's not the same. She's not wearing the same clothes. She's always laughing about something. Normally that's not her. And sometimes women laugh or make jokes because they're going through it Are they so sad or they're trying to numb the pain. A lot of times when she's no longer coming around you or the family members or her friends, he's alienating her from her friends. You know, a lot of times you hear that, significant other and say, hey, that ain't your girlfriend. She tried to hit on me. She ain't nothing but a tramp. Yeah, you need to cut her. That ain't no friend. He starts talking negative of her friends. He wants her to depend on him. He starts controlling the money. That's a big thing, controlling the money. Controlling all the money. You know, she can't use the credit cards. He's monitoring the credit cards. She has to ask for money. Also, he's asking, you know, hey, what time is it? Every time she has to go visit her mom, she's telling mom, mom, I got to go. Mom, it's time for me to go. She's always in a rush because she knows she's a minute late. Hey, you know what's going to happen? We're going to fight tonight. And so when you notice know mm-hmm. she's always in a rush, Or you see that she's just not looking herself. The bruises are there. The conversation, a lot of times we're not listening because we feel that we're going to be judged if we say too much, but hoping that you recognize the signs. And there's numerous of signs out here. You can feel free to go on my website because there are so many we have um, listed. So please go on our website, wcmcares.org. Also, you can call the uh, National Domestic Violence Hotline. There's counselors all the time. You might not be ready to leave, but you might just want somebody to talk to. Call the one 800 799 7233 You can call my office, 214 432 one program that we have that I love is called the Safe Night Program. If all the shelters are at capacity, we at least put that survivor in a hotel. It just depends how our funding is. Sometimes they stay anywhere from one night to 30, 30 days in our hotel. But, it, you know, it depends. I'm sorry if we have funding. So that's why it's so important that we have these uh, fundraisers, like what Lala is trying to do, is do a fundraiser, but also shine awareness. And in the black community, our numbers are the highest numbers. And not only that, it gives us the opportunity to tell our black men it's okay to get counseling it's okay to go get counsel and talk about what happened in your childhood. It's okay to talk about you're frustrated because every time you get paid, you got to give it to child support or you just have to pay bills. That man gets tired. So we need intervention where he could talk to someone, a financial advisor, somebody that can help him with his finances. We also have to give resources for the man and the house. Sometimes we have to diffuse the situation. She might not can't leave right then and there. If you don't have an extra plan, please give us a call or call the 1-800 number to National Domestic Violence Hotline. Once again, that number is 800-799-7233. And thank you very much for listening
3: Excellent. to much Nicole. Excellent. And let me let me also say this, that if you can't just dial just in case that someone is around that you can't really make that phone call, you can also text and you text start S T A R T, and the number yeah. you text it to is eight eight seven eight eight. And then once again, she said that so beautifully that that eight hundred number is seven nine nine seven two three three. That was beautiful. Thank you, uh, thank you, Miss Debo. We'll also we'll also hear from our other guest if she has anything that she would like to share. Uh, with us and that maybe was not told. I, I think it's, sometimes it's really good. I think when, when people are able to talk about, uh, what they experience because you don't know who's listening and that it may be able to help someone else to make that exit out because sometimes the, sometimes women, some women have a low self-esteem in regards yes. to themselves yes. and they don't feel, okay, take it over and run with it. Whomever said yes, yes. <laughs> go
6: ahead hi yes yes again this is uh nicole lawson you know something devo as you were speaking um um i've been on the i would say the the last part of my healing journey from uh, going through a lifetime of being exposed to or ev- and or a victim of domestic abuse in various forms um, mm-hmm. At age, I would say 38, 39 is when I I really started to finally go through healing. And at age 40, I'm still um, on that. I'm still going through that triumphant, triumphant spot of healing and coming to so many uh, realizations about things of the past. And I'm grateful. I'm very grateful to be alive um, because unfortunately, one of my exes he beat me with the intention of killing me. I wear these scars mm-hmm. on the, on my face for the rest of my life from having nine stitches in my face, my jaw broken on both sides and my face literally like leaking of blood and him refusing to take me to the hospital. I've seen so many different types of cycles. Um, and I, I talked to people because this wasn't something that I knew beforehand until I went through it. And the goal is to try my best to uh, to help other women save themselves, you know, some of these heartaches and, um so as you were speaking, Devo, something that I realized about uh, something else that I witnessed growing up is my mother, two of the things you said, that's something she did a lot. And in my teenage and 20s, I actually would, me and some other sit, my siblings would criticize her for this. She would call us asking for money, and it would be like she was sneaking. And I would get annoyed with her about that because I'm like, you're my mom. Would you ask, I should be able to ask you for help. And sometimes we would tell Dad. Now I'm thinking, oh, my God. Why was she always calling me and my little brothers begging for money? Something else was that I would get frustrated because she never wanted to leave him. Even I could never get her to leave him and take a little trip, do something with just us. And if she did, she would be so apprehensive and just in a rush to get back to him. More signs of domestic abuse. And domestic abuse isn't always a man putting his hands on you. My father subjected my mother to a lot of psychological abuse which caused her to uh there's a book there's a book that I recommend everybody get it's called Ashy Man Will Make You Fat it's a it's a petty self-help guide <laughs> by one of my favorite uh YouTubers and um and I will say this um, I, I did not her. I forgot to yeah, I love her too and and i should pub myself more. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm coming out I'm coming into my the full power of myself. So I got to pub myself to My website is nicolelawson.com and I am working on a powerful memoir right now called Record of Wrong. So you can um pre-order that book on my web my direct website or you can go to recordofwrongbook.com and it tells the story of me, you know, growing up with a father who was a narcissistic abuser, and it seemed like he focused it only on my mother and me. So me and my brothers are alienated because the father that I had is not the father that they had, and it set me up on a course of making abuse very familiar. So having a boyfriend that would be emotionally abusive and then physically abusive and all the way up to the monster that I divorced you know, some years ago, and then I still fight to protect me and my children from it. I ask God to keep hiding us from him. Like, I literally ran across country from Oklahoma back to New Jersey. But, you know, abuse is something that women need to understand that it's you don't blame yourself. It's something that you get groomed into. It's something that you get groomed into, so I'm so happy to see that now there's so much education out there about understanding all the different types of of abuse, including financial, um, and also, um, you know, understanding what you can do for a safety plan. There's some things I wanted to add to that as far as recognizing the signs. Uh, Red flags are present in the beginning, but they're so subtle. Um, you know, we may try to mistake those red flags as little purple butterflies in our stomach or something else. But anything that gives you pause in the beginning uh, is something – you've got to train yourself to trust your gut. As women and as black women, we are gifted with intuition. We, we, we're mm-hmm. blessed with that gift of spiritual discernment. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. abusers will try to – the the main thing that they want to do first to groom you is to break that down and to get you to not trust yourself anymore and to trust them. And it's like they're trying to replace God in your life. So you get these signs and these feelings that something's not right, but you'll be you'll talk yourself out of it. There's no way He loves me. There's no way that's there's no way that's what I thought it was. You know that push was just playing around. But those are the first signs, um, and if you can find that uh, that courage. In those moments of those first signs to close that door right away, you can save your 30, 40, a lifetime of, of just really just getting run down because abusers, that is what they do. They take pleasure in destroying you from the inside out. And the most dangerous time to, yeah, the most dangerous time to leave, I mean, the most dangerous time of your life with an abuser is when you're ready to leave. So if there's, so if there's what you can do to, if there's anything you can do to avoid getting to that place and getting to that place of the worst beating I ever got was when I decided I am done with him for good and I'm changing the locks and I'm changing the garage codes and I'm all that stuff. And it's the mindset of a narcissistic abuser is even if they weren't, Uh, physically abusive before, how dare you not keep taking this SHIT that I'm putting you through? I own you. Nobody else gets to. And that when you get ready to leave, you have to understand that you are giving that person the ultimate ego smack, and they are going to smack you back some kind of way. So it's true about having that exit plan. And a part of that exit plan is also knowing who you can talk to You know, I had females in my friend group that I thought I could trust, but the man that I was with, you know, he's got a popular radio station in Oklahoma, and everybody loves him, and he's got fans. So everything I'm saying to these girls, they're running back, half of them, and telling him, and telling him, she's about to leave you, you know, and God, you know, I forgive them because maybe they didn't know they were putting my life in danger. But as I'm, you know, making my plans, he showed up at my house. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, mm. Mm.
6: And, I, and I, I'm going to spare the details because that's you know that's that's for another time, and that doesn't matter. What matters is I survived, and 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 I had to go through a lot of therapy and a lot of healing to be able to get up and move away from not only him but the whole environment, the friends and the family that continue sure. to try to keep me in this lifestyle and this this system that is uh, that's enabling to uh, to uh, to abuse in different forms. So you've got to be very careful about who you trust, and you, and yeah. you really, you. I think you've got to be. You have to be willing to leave that entire life and world behind. Sure. You know, in sure. order in order to save your life, and in order to preserve whatever future you can have, um, you know, I, oh, gosh, there's so many things I could say about that, but I'm going to try to keep it concise. Sure. Um, Oh, wow oh, that go ahead, go you ahead.
3: listen you, that's amazing Miss mm-hmm. uh, Nicole that you just said and I, mm-hmm. I'll share with you guys that I had a recent veteran uh, last year uh, that uh, that they had moved her from one location to another location changed her name and all of uh-huh. that and she actually came into our area and and so some of the things that she she would say to us that um, that this guy would say well His father and so sometimes It went from one Family to another family on down the Line and so Mm if the father uh, Saw abuse With his father And the mother and then it just got carried on down to the next family, which is all part of its generational curse. And so she said to us that that, this, that her husband said in one of their counseling sessions that his father told him the way that he keeps a woman in control is to beat her. Mm. And so, so I, I would always say, well, okay, so if this guy was abusive, how could he love his wife, so do these abusive men love their wives? I want to hear what you have to say about that and you and Debo have to say about that because she felt that her husband really loved her, but that because of what he experienced watching his parents, his father Mm -hmm. abused his mother, and that's, so he lived what he saw, but she thought mm. that he really, and, and I just, that's not love to me, but I but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to turn it back over to you and Debo and and see what you have to say in regards to that. Does an abusive man love his wife is my question. Mm. My question uh, Debo, I mean, do you want
4: to go first? Okay. Mm-hmm. My answer is he could love her. But he has issues that he needs to deal with, and it starts when they're a child. Like you said, it's learned behavior. I always yes. say my husband mm-hmm. was a good husband. He really, he, I mean, he was a good provider, but he was a bad husband, okay? Yes. He mm-hmm. was a good father. I know he loves me, but love doesn't hurt. And he didn't know how to love no other way because he was taught, you know, beating somebody was okay, and you can still love them. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. the men don't know how to love, and I often talk about that. And so he's thinking, you know, coming home every day, kissing, hey, baby, but he can't control that anger. Whatever that thing was when he was a child, he never dealt with it. And that's why I often tell men, get counseling, because that little boy that's on the inside is like a tormenting demon, tormenting. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? He wants to be that good father, that good husband. But then when he thinks about that, little boy thinks about it. My daddy slapped my mama when she wouldn't cook dinner. My daddy slapped my mama when she wouldn't shut up. So he thinks, you know, controlling hmm. and the woman is the way to go because he was taught that way. That's what he's seen. You know, when even when you don't have a real man in the household, whatever he saw as a child, he thought it was right.
3: Wow, yes yeah. So, okay, so what do, what do you have to say in regards to that, Ms. Nicole? And then I want to ask you ladies How on earth did you rebuild your, yourself? Because we talk about how difficult it is for women to leave Because they don't have the finances of whatever they're afraid to leave uh, They don't think they can leave How in the world did you ladies rebuild yourself from that abusive relationship? Go ahead mm-hmm. uh,
0: we'll go to
6: you um, so right, thank you so um, i just i wanted to circle back just for a second about the importance okay. of Tina fest because i as we're working on building this year after year these discussions that we're having on this radio show are also panel discussions that we envision having as a part of the festival on stage being able to mm-hmm. um, reach you know hundreds and then tens of thousands and right. hundreds of thousands right. of people during that time right. um so it's it's so so vital um so the my answer to the question about um are they capable of love or do they love i think it's twofold it depends on their mental health status um, okay i uh i learned that my father was actually diagnosed as a nar- uh, narcissistic personality disorder and i think my last husband you know, I he would he refused to ever go talk to counseling. He refused to even go to marital counseling. So, and I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. But he exhibited a lot of symptoms of that. And you know what they say, you marry your fathers. So I I would I would wage I would bet a lot of money that he was as well. But then there are some abusers who may not have mental health conditions. So my opinion, my non medical opinion is, if they are narcissistic, no, absolutely not. They are not capable of love. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not even wired mm-hmm. that way. If they're not dealing with a mental health issue, then perhaps they are able to be rehabbed if they want to. Me personally, I would never take that chance. I personally would mm-hmm. not. Um, but uh, uh, but that that is my personal opinion. Now, how did I rebuild myself? For me, I had to get really radical. I saw myself going through, I call it 10 years of turmoil, and I talk about that in my book, Record of Wrong, as well. Um, 10 years of, of these patterns. And and it got worse and worse and worse. And when I got with my my very last partner that I was with, you know, after he beat me, he's in the hospital, basically, you know, talking about himself and giving me that. That was my first time hearing his whole sad life story. It was after he beat me, and I find another doctor convinced him to take me to the hospital, and I'm, you know dealing with traumatic brain injury and everything else and near death. And he's telling me all about himself and basically saying, look what you made me do. And this is the culmination of, uh, wow. you know, all, all of my life. And I'm, I was just thinking to myself, oh, my God, like this, this has to end. And, unfortunately, it took me another two years to finally completely just, just completely move and get away. But during that time, I noticed it was a pattern of a cycle of abuse, and that it it doesn't it's not necessarily weeks or months. His cycle of abuse was a year. So I thought uh-huh. okay, I'm
0: safe.
4: He only
6: he only wow. acts like this once a year, but there's all these things leading up to it. You know, there afterwards, I mean, he would get on his, I mean, like down on his knees begging me, and I love you, I'm so sorry, I'm gonna go to church with you, and he would do all that stuff. So there was this hope of redemption, and like, I'm gonna finally get to meet the man that I fell in love with again. And I would see him for like, you know, a couple of yeah. weeks, and then there was that downward spiral back leading up mm-hmm. until the next October or September again, where he's just a demon. And I said, oh my, I said I'm not gonna survive another year of this. And, I, you know, I talked to church people, and I talked to my mom and other people, and they were all so um, – I don't think they quite understood. Uh, okay. uh, and so uh, I didn't feel like anybody was on my side. And, uh, and uh, abuse and uh, what's codependency and dysfunction was so normal to at least a lot of people around me. So I had to say to myself – I am not going to survive another year of this. This is not the life I want. I have to be willing to be brave enough to get, I don't know what's on the other side of this, and I'm terrified. I only have $200, that's it, but I need to change my phone number, and I need to just leave. I have to go. I, I can't. And I had to get totally fed up and literally just run. And and as I did that, yeah. I was literally making phone calls. What are social services that I can get in this other place? And literally when I Excellent. got to this state, they were they met me. I just I had to excellent. I didn't know it was on the other side. I just I had to go and then trust that there, mm-hmm. God's got to have something else better for me.
3: Wow, that's excellent. That's beautiful. Thank you so much uh, for that testimony. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Lala and uh, bring her in and let her join in on this conversation. Go ahead, Lala.
5: I thank you. I really wanted to take a shot at answering that question as well. Um, do the men who abuse women? Love them, and I personally—I can't speak for anybody else—but in my personal opinion, I cannot be convinced that it is possible for a person who loves another person to seek to cause that other person harm. Yes. To seek to 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 like mm. <laughs> if, you, if you if you if you if you you know. Relinquish, I'm not going to say lose, but if you relinquish control over yourself, over your emotions to the point where you reach out and strike someone that you claim to love, that's one thing, you know, one time, as it were. Like you just relinquish control over your body and then just emotionally go with it. A person who literally is willing to waylay physically, on someone else, mm. especially we all know the physiological differences between men and women, and we all know that, like, by comparison, women, generally speaking, you know, there are exceptions to every rule, but rules, rules establish the exceptions even, right? So generally speaking, mm-hmm. like, women are, are delicate in the presence of men physically by comparison, And so for this man, knowing just about himself and about this woman, to to still be willing to haul off and exert the same kind of force that he would on a man, on a woman, where you would have to contort me into a whole pretzel to convince, and and I still wouldn't be convinced once I was pretzelized, Hmm. that that man loved that woman, that he literally bruised and battered. Hmm. Okay,
3: okay. My, my best my best shot in the answer. Right. And and, and I, I, could, I want to jump in. Go, go right ahead. Yes, ma'am. Ms. Nicole. I'm just going to say that, this. I think,
4: Working in the field oh, of Devo. domestic violence for the last 23 mm-hmm. years, I can truly say mm-hmm. this. I had a man, and he came to me. He called me. He heard me on being <coughs> in the morning team. And he said, ma'am, can you help me? And I said, well, sir, and, you know, I was very little reluctant because here's a man. He had a deep voice, and I said, what can I do for you? He said, I love my wife, but he said, something is wrong with me. And he said, I don't want to mm. hurt my wife, said, but can I come and talk to you? So he came to my office, mm. and he talked to Well, as we talked, and I'm not a counselor. I don't try to counsel anybody. I sent them to my counselors. But he said, no, I want to talk to you. And I said, okay, well, go ahead. And when he began to talk to me, he said, This this is what my wife does. She put her fingers in my face all the time. And she gets in there, and she just go off on me for no reason. And he said, I tell her to move out of the way. And she just almost, she starts scratching me, man, beating on me. And he said, now, I'm a big man. He said, I don't want to fight her. He said, I started hitting her. So we brought him in and did counseling. But we found out that she was the aggressive one and a provoker. And so we Mm -hmm. really had to break. Mm -hmm. He loved his wife. But it was turning to like he was this bad monster. That's one incident. Not only that, we have veteran men that go fight for our country, and, you know, they have PTSD and whatever else that goes on, and they're fighting for our country, and they come back, they choke their wives at night, they do this, they do that. Well, it's my job to make sure they try to get help because they're not doing it because they want to do it. But they love their wives. So how do we grade that? Well, you know, you know I, I want
3: to, if I could say just a couple of things, and I, then I want to bring the gentleman in. I will start with Dr. <laughs> oh. Carr, and then then we'll go to Mr. Arthur, and then we'll come to uh, Pastor, Pastor Cooper. Yeah. I, I, from, from my counseling with abusive uh, women mm-hmm. uh, in organizations in my career, um, mm-hmm. I, I think from just listening to a lot of the ladies that, some men have misguided love that they, Mm -hmm. maybe they were not taught how to treat Mm -hmm. a woman, you know, maybe their mother didn't work with them on this and maybe their Mm -hmm. father didn't work with them on this, you know, it's, it's, it's the love that they, it's what they saw. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and so it is it's hard for me because i agree with uh, miss nicole and i also agree with lola that that love does not hurt it just does not hurt love makes you feel wonderful and so all the all the pain and the discomfort and all of that that women have experienced that debo has experienced that that miss nicole has experienced it's hard to believe when a man black put a black eye uh, uh, bust someone's nose. I mean, I've seen all kinds of things happening, uh, That's right with, uh, And, and I, and, and I, right, and the fights, but I understand the PTSD and I understand mm. that sometimes men wake up out of their sleep and they start fighting with their wives because they think they're on the battlefield somewhere because they're still living mm. the life in a war zone. I'm not even talking about specifically that because those men, some of those men did not fight in and, and, uh, caused injury to their wives mm-hmm. prior to going to that's war. Right. So that's mm-hmm. a separate mm-hmm. situation. But I'm talking about those rascals that spent the bulk of their lives with their wives
4: no. abusing no, no, no. them. No. no.
3: Yeah. Because yeah. lo- no. love no. is more than just an emotion, right? I mean there is right. a certain kind of but you but you gotta respect, you gotta support, you gotta you gotta make sure you protect that woman and not bring pain to her. And so it's hard to say yeah. it's hard to believe that an abusive man loves his wife when he does that. But I'm gonna go to Doctor Carly right. first. Um, Doctor oh, McCall let's
6: let's yes, ma'am, go right ahead. Yes. If you um <laughs> If I may, for just a couple of seconds, <laughs> sure,
0: if I sure. may, right um,
6: you, yes, you, you, you started right on um, what I wanted to add here. A lot of, since we're talking about uh, abusers, which uh, unfortunately oftentimes, more often than not, it is the men. They I don't yes, believe ma'am. that a lot of them understand and know really what love is. So you're Correct. not so you're not you can't be capable of loving a woman if you don't even know what it is. And yes. there's all Absolutely. these and, and it's not an emotion. A lot of times they confuse possession with love. Feelings of yes. possessiveness because that's that's a part of their nature. You're my territory. Yes. You're my you know, I've yes. conquered C- you so you're so I love you. Right? That is right, that is right. Control. That is not love. Yes. Submissiveness control or I want her to be my peace. What 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 does that really mean though? That means you know, and that's why I love her because because she's easy, she makes things easy for you, so that's your peace and you love her. It's like if you really understand what peace and love is, we wouldn't have as much of this. First of all, that they would be able to, they'd be capable of loving themselves. And you love other people as you love yourself. So if you don't even love yourself and you're not taking good care of and governing your own self and your own life, there's no way you can love another person and be able to govern a relationship and a home and everything correctly. Very good, because women women Please, and Nicole. children have lost
3: their lives mm-hmm. from abusive yeah. husbands, right, and fathers. Okay. Yes. Dr. Carr, go right ahead. But, Dr. Carr. So, uh, Debo, did you have something? before we go No, to I was just going to say,
4: because I want the, everyone to understand, my situation, like a knucklehead, somebody just want to beat on a woman, a narcissist. That's not what mm-hmm. I was saying that they could love. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that right. there are some men out there, because domestic violence is very complex. So when we yes. open it up mm-hmm. sometime, I have to clarify what I'm saying. No, sure. love does not hurt. But we also have to let other men that are listening that might be going through something that's a good man that really loves his wife and struggling to go get counsel. So I had to come back and say something. All um, right. In my defense, I'm not saying that, you know, hey, that old knucklehead can love, like, no, 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 okay, gotcha, thank you, ma'am, Dr. Carr. Uh,
1: Thank you, this uh, conversation (laughs) is so arresting to me, and I'm combing through uh, over my career uh, in my memory, men and women whom I can see in my mind's eye, even as we are speaking who have been victimized by this horror, uh, my mm-hmm. career background is in human services, and it was pretty easy to figure out what to do from a human services perspective. You call the hotline. However, when it gets down to relationships with boyfriends and girlfriends and husbands and wives, it gets a little bit more complex there i'm I'm going okay. to say that love perhaps is a word loosely used. I'm I'm going to start there. Uh, I think that the uh, prior speaker was so correct. Uh, Love, the definition of love, I don't see how it could include one who loves another person hurting them. I'm going to say that hurt people are not whole people. And hurt people have a tendency to hurt other people. That's it. And in our African American community, mental health has been for years and years and years that something slash that subject that we stay away from that perhaps is our Achilles heel. So if Dr. Hagney were on, I think he'd be singing the song about mental health and the great need for it. And what the pastor's and what the churches and the general community can do to address this issue. It's it's bad, it's real bad. I happen to know of a case in my own family where the mm-hmm. abuser happens to be the wife. She abuses the husband because she earns all the dollars. He earns mm-hmm. less than she earns. And uh it's it's just an abusive situation. So I've
0: seen it mm-hmm. both ways that mm-hmm. what
1: we're discussing tonight really and truly is laying some groundwork for what people like myself as a pastor will have to mm-hmm. delve into to learn the stories of women like the women who are speaking tonight and to put their stories in such a frame as we can address the urgency of the need for better mental health in our churches and in our yep. homes in our communities because it's a spillover effect from my house to the schoolhouse, to the church house, to the courthouse, and before you know it, you have a madhouse for a community. So I'm just so enamored hearing these stories because I've never really heard anyone as open as these sisters have put it before us, their own personal stories. And this is really, again, arresting to me. And I think what I could do to better participate is stop talking and just keep listening to these is
0: who have beautiful. the
1: evidence of what has happened. And perhaps in my going beautiful. forward in my preaching and in my teaching and in my study, I can learn huh. looking through the lens of the Christ how we can become hmm. a better world That yeah. me as a man helping young men and men my own age to become whole men because people who hurt other people to me are not whole. They're like the man who was at the Pool of Bethesda, Pastor Cooper, and you remember the story where Jesus appears there, and this man had been abused by those around him for 38 long years, and Christ asked him the question, do you want to be made whole? So I can tell oh, that one of our responsibilities collectively is to do all we can to produce whole people in our houses, in our in our churches, in our communities, and in our nation. And I think the needle will start pointing upwards if we would attack this thing and stop treating it as a no no as something that's never discussed about out front. I think this is the way to do it. As a man, I was uh I was arrested by what I was hearing because I was thinking, how could I see myself being the kind of man who would hit Hmm. my wife? My parents, my father, my mother both were very sure to instruct me, don't hit women. And I've actually been attacked by a female that I was in a relationship with many, many years ago. And that teaching, that training, that reminder in that moment when I was under attack, I didn't return the fire. I moved myself away from the situation because my that's father it. said, "Don't
4: that's hit wind," and that's, that's it. where that's I Beautiful, deal with this issue.
3: beautiful, beautiful. Because you know, I love that, uh, Dr. Carr, because my father used yes. to say that. You uh, listen. I trained. He made this very clear when it was time for marriage, when, when the husband come by and asks for your hand, she says, I raised yeah. my daughter, she's <laughs> trained well, and she doesn't need to be trained by anybody else, okay? So you can't train her, <laughs> <Yes>. you, <laughs> in other words, is what he said. You, I've you. done that, and I did a darn good job of it. Thank you so much, Dr. Carr. That was amazing. Uh, Mr. Okay. Mr. Arthur, let's hear from you.
2: You yeah, hello, ladies. Uh, 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 you're great hearing your conversation tonight. Uh, you know, you definitely uh, know what you're talking about. Uh, 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 before I uh, uh, say what I'm going to say, my aunt or oh, one of my aunts, she's coming out. Serena, Thor, uh, uh, Central. Can you hear me? Yes,
3: we
5: can I hear can. you.
2: Go right ahead. I can. Uh, uh, my aunt, she was a part of Tina, crew before she became famous when she was here in Dallas, her at Heights. So she's telling mm. some stories back, And uh yeah so, uh, of course i've seen a, a lot of folks she tina did earlier of course she was disappointed that you know tina didn't ever come back no more but anyway she's a great uh singer and and one of our favorites we do proud mary at our reunion every year uh so uh you know she's a girl uh now one of y'all was saying i i'll give one but, but one of you said something about self-love and men have it you, know, you have to love yourself and, and and a lot of men aren't taught self-love they're, they're taught how to mm-hmm. control and uh you know because it's about quote the chase or whatever so i'm saying that, that you know a lot of that it's learned behavior they they, they and, and like you said earlier if you don't you don't love yourself you haven't learned how to love yourself from the inside then you know all you're doing you're just going around trying to control your love from the outside and so that's when you get the abusive behavior yeah. well just wait so that's the way i'm going to do it now a lot of that um mm-hmm. uh, hitting and so forth, that's the you know, that's a part of you know, a flavor left us with a lot of stuff that we didn't have when we went in it. And beatings beatings and abuse is one thing that we didn't have that's still left over yep. from that uh, system. And so we have to say, it's like, you know, beating your kids uh uh-huh. you know, we were growing up I didn't get many whoopings, but, but after I, because I you know grew up in Jim Crow. So after I you know grew up a little bit, I, I come to realize, you know, they were giving us the whoopings to make sure we didn't misbehave so Mr. man wasn't gonna get with us yeah. when we was downtown.
0: They were and You
2: know, and so I didn't know that time so so we were getting to what, what we know we got whoopings and so what I'm just trying to tell people because I worked in you know uh uh and so forth and been in the Air Force. You can you know you can train people without hitting them. You know, you can mm-hmm. talk to him. You know, the same thing. You know, you know, just talk to him. The uh, my only, the only that you know, the, the only time when I saw uh, uh, the type of abuse that you guys talking about was when I, I, my mom had married this guy. Blah, 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 blah. So you know, now it's not. Now my grandma never were raised me, but she wanted me to come stay with them. So I went to stay for the summer. I was about seven years old, and I and, and I witnessed him doing that. And and of course when I got back home I told mom and them about it. And so Mom and then went on kept me down everything. everything. So I'm just saying that. Uh and, and, and of course in that environment I had my grandpa, which, you know, he you know, like when him and mom had an empath, he just go he just go walking. Right, <laughs> you know. And of course I was kinda of, I, I was kinda of a communicator in between, you know, I tell him what daddy said and tell him what mama said. So, you know, we had a little thing, There was Jeffery, it wasn't no abuse nobody hitting anybody. I never heard in person. And so, you know, but yeah. so I do have an catch on kids. And kids grow up, uh, the type of environment, uh, you know, what they saw and so forth. And so that do make a difference. Uh, you, you know, you guys keep up the, uh, the work because the slides that to be done. There's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, young girls that's been, uh, you know, exploited, you know, right now as we speak, right, and, you, you know, sex forms or whatever you want to call them. So I'm just saying that, you know, we got a lot of work, too. But thank you.
3: Okay, very very good. Mr. Arthur, I, I have one one question, or it doesn't have to be answered, but I want to inject this. <laughs> Mr. Arthur mm-hmm. said that you can train a person without having to strike that person. So my question would be, and, and, and it's it's so awful to see that some children had to see the things that they saw. Because can you imagine the effect that it has on the children when they see their mother being abused? But my question is, does every person respond the same way to training? Uh, now, I have two different children, and one, one I have a boy and a girl. One responded mm-hmm. by just talking to her and telling her the rules and regulations. No, I'm, I'm, I'm even going to jump past my own children, my own two children. I'm going to go to my parents. Uh, My mother was mild-mannered, and so was my father. He was really a mushroom, really, a a marshmallow, I should say. He was just soft. You know, he was never, I don't know anybody that he he struck in the family, seven children of us. but, But the girls never was any trouble. There was two boys. I have three brothers, three sisters. One boy required a whole lot of talking and sometimes paddling. The rest mm-hmm. of us, we got the same training, right? The rest of us never required, I got one paddle the whole time I was in my parents' household. And But in the meantime, my question is, does every child respond to the same training? The tra- everybody gets good training. We know we came from black families where,
2: every training, where, every okay, child, go ahead. Every go ahead. child, individual. Every child individual. That's exactly right. That's right. grandpa had point. kids. he was raised now twenty-one. It uh, made 20, at back, one, <laughs> one uh, you know, uncle brother what I call, he, he, you know, he, he, he would, he, he'd always go around taking stuff apart, right. And of course it was a, and of course it was kind of, it was kind of. Bad. Now you keep you kept, tearing stuff up. Well, you know, in, the, in another environment, then you know, I would have said, hey, you know what? He got a talent for something. Let's see if he can, you know, show him how to put it back together, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Now he probably
2: have, would have been in that environment, right? But in the environment we were in, right? Uh, you know, the you know, Jim Crow environment. You know, you know, you know, looked like he was tearing stuff up. But, but he figured right. out, you know, he probably a with electricity. I yeah, I don't hack that out. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he learned how to. Put, you know, <laughs> he, was, he was utilizing the talent that God had Lady, given to him. And is, yeah, is
3: ladies, ladies, what, what you're saying, to sir? Yeah,
2: him. ladies, and gentlemen, remember this, we used to have, we used to have tubes in the back of our TV. Uh, you, probably remember. But anyway, we had tubes in the back of our TV, and so when the tube went out, you had to go buy another tube. Otherwise, you couldn't look at the TV, <laughs> right? Right. So so, yeah. right so, my cook, so, so my uncle, he figured out that you could put. Uh, For a paper around the tube Right and then make it last and we'll get Another two <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Okay okay I get it Well, we'll check hey, yeah. this out We're talking about the Bible right And so I think okay. I read somewhere Where it says "If you spare the rod you spoil The child but now oh, we're going to yeah. go on over To we're going to go over to Pastor Cooper And hear what he has to say and we're talking About the psychologist we're talking About the pastor just like uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Carr and they see they see things going on in their church or run their parishioners and all that and my husband was a minister for 18 years we saw a lot of stuff going on in our church too so go ahead pastor Cooper
7: well it's been a great uh conversation and it's one that's needed to be had but it's also the reason yeah. why I went back and uh received my master's in psychology I uh, just as, mm-hmm. I I forget the voice that said that uh She's not a psychologist, but she sat there and spoke with the man and he dealt with his issues with his wife being abusive, and she referred him to uh, a psychologist. Now, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm glad to hear that she she, uh, continued that conversation with him because her her, her misery has become her ministry, and so therefore Mm -hmm. she can help out where some psychologists didn't have that same experience, and so she brought something that was more reality to the situation. Uh, with that being said, uh, there are so many other issues uh, that goes on with domestic violence. Uh, mm-hmm. One of those is homosexuality. Uh, when we, when you look at this, this is not just uh, male and female. Sometimes it's female and, and, and female. And in those relationships, uh, it's even more aggressive behavior. I don't know if anyone on this line has experienced that or dealt with that, but in counseling mm-hmm. and um, – Yep. Uh, being a pastor, I've had to deal with that and found out that uh some of those situations are even more aggressive. And, and and then looking back in some of my notes of study, uh the average person dates uh about two years before they move in one another or dates for two years before they uh get married. Uh and mm-hmm. with the homosexual uh relationship is six months. Um yep. someone said something earlier about one year uh, cycle that her husband would get into the situation and beg and plead and and then go to church and then and, and he fall into mm-hmm. episode again. All all of these things is no one answer. All of these things are part of the the, the issue right. and then we have to bring the ingredients together to get the solution mm-hmm. to 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 uh, get the sweet bread that Grandma used to make. I notice that she even use salt sometimes. It's something bitter to get the sweet taste and balance and get what we need. And and and, and those bitter truth is is that we have folks that have never dealt with uh, mental illness and it is That's real. Right. And even mm-hmm. and even those that have have been misdiagnosed and been put on medication and never ever received the treatment that they need to break the pattern or the cycle. Uh, in Beaumont, Bo- Texas, we have a unit there in Port Arthur, Texas, actually. Uh, it's a health care center where I have to go and visit, and then we go back to uh, the high note unit or the other uh, units, MHMR. And what I noticed, and this is one of the reasons why with the DA, we're pushing uh, for people that has been arrested with mental illness to keep them and retain them for longer than three days because right now, People that have those issues, after 72 hours, they have to release them. But it takes you 30 days, at least maybe three weeks, before your medicine kicks back in because somebody missed yes. something about medication. So, so we have to deal with all of those things. And usually people do well for a year or two years, a year and a half, <laughs> and they'll fall yep. off the medicine, or fall off yep. all, all the things that they've mm-hmm. done to, to get right and you are now married or engaged to someone that has mental illness and you've never seen it at that level, that's not your fault or anyone's fault. It's the fault of our society because we deal with it as a stigma than dealing with it as an issue of everyday normalcy. It is normal to have mental illness. That's what we need to understand. That It shouldn't be an issue or a topic of a discussion like this to where people shine away or not listening or don't care to listen 158 years we, we were released from slavery, and that's only three generations. My, my father was born in 1922. His father probably was born in 1940 or uh, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> we go all the way back to being undiagnosed, untreated, and then uh, mistreated, and we expect to get better. So there's a lot to un- un- unpack. That's great. Very good. So, Will.
0: So yeah. well um,
3: Let's see. We'll go back to, uh, Debo, did you have something else? If not, we'll go back to Lala and, and finish talking about uh, the celebration that we're going to be planning and how important it is for us to get this information out to the people. And this is going to be a beautiful way because we all know what Tino experienced with Ike. Ike and Tina Turner. And we remember, <laughs> if you remember, Pastor Cooper, I actually, our family used to bring uh, Ike and Tina Turner. My father brought them here to Tyler, Texas years ago. I, I was probably a tot when they used to come here and entertain here in East Texas. And so we Oh, yeah, the children's circuit. Yes, yeah. Yeah, there you
7: go. There you
3: yeah, go. The children.
7: So we,
3: oh, I recall. We my, know, my parents supported oh, it also. Right. That's right. And, and we, I can tell you that we all have been touched, I'm sure, everybody, whether it's at your church, whether it's in your family. I, I told a story uh, when the ladies were on our Thursday show that I had a family member to jump out of a three-story, her home was a three-story house. She jumped out of that window to get away from that guy who was beating her with a baseball bat and destroyed? She's a beautiful girl. Destroyed her face. Uh, even though she's had, it will never. Her face will never be the same ever again. The only thing that broke in her body after jumping out that window was her arm, but he destroyed her face, and mm. so she eventually uh, divorced him. They had no children together, and. um And and she went on about her business. She's living happily now, but, however, she can look at herself every single day and still be reminded of the life that she lived with that first guy. Ladies, any one of you have some final comments, and then
4: we'll go, go ahead. Go ahead. Thank you for this opportunity. This has been, I've been on many uh, shows, but this is heartfelt. Uh, I want to thank everybody. But, Pastor, let me say this to you. Thank you for being transparent and allow God to use you on tonight. Um, Because I'll be very honest, the church failed me when I was going through it. I didn't say God failed me. I said the church did because I felt the church Mm should have had resources for me. I felt Mm -hmm. that, you know, they should have seen a lot of the signs and got me help that I needed because I ended up going in the streets when I was very active in church and I was judged in the church. And so it left a real bad taste. So I want to thank you and the more uh, pastors, because probably 75% of my victims, they know the word of God. I mean, survivors, they know the word. But most of them are angry because some of them, when they went to churches, they couldn't get resources because they didn't pay enough tithing or they weren't big Amen. enough. So, you know, I just want to thank you. And we need more pastors to understand that the churches need to step, step up and help because we're losing a lot of sheep out here to the world. And our women, we don't have men in the household. That's another thing when we talk about, you know, these young, To love, there's no man to show him in the house. The mother is trying to do everything. You know, that one woman that decided to leave her perpetrator, remember, she's trying to provide for the kids. She's trying to keep peace for the kids. She's fighting the system to keep her kids. She's just fighting. So when does she really get the opportunity to teach them about love no more than hug them at night? But she's so exhausted. So I want you to understand we appreciate you. And, Dr. Kelly once again, the other man, a young man that was on the phone, I appreciate your feedback. And thank you all so much.
0: Oh. Sure.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's start. Yes.
3: Uh, okay. Miss Nicole, you have any other comments that you'd like to make?
6: Yes. First of all, Dr. McKella, thank you so much for being gracious and allowing me to be here and accompany Lala on the show. Um, yes. I, I also wanted to address the pastor and say, thank you so much for your uh, your presence and you being um, so open to hearing and learning uh, like that, that you saying what you said was healing for me. Um, I, I will try my best to keep this very, very short, but I will say that I, I also echo the sentiments of, of my sister Debo. Um, God did not fail me and it took me a long time to realize that, but the church did. And I don't say this, what I'm getting ready to say, I don't say it to smash anyone that I love, but I'm just going to tell the truth. My father is a bishop. He is such an intelligent, powerful man. But I wonder if the church failed him as well because there's not enough accountability in the pulpit. He was abusive to my mother and me, not physically. And because it wasn't physical, you know, I couldn't say anything. And I reached out to the church about things, and they would say, don't talk about my pastor. Well, I'm telling you my father's hurting me, and I need help. And then it went on from there. So I learned, and a lot of women learn, that there are types of men and powerful men, especially if they're a men of the cloth, that they are beyond reproach. So I was told every time I... I told my parents and I told my family when I was a young teenager that their minister of music was molesting and embracing me for a period of two years, and they covered it up. The church covered it up, and they made me out to be the hoe, excuse my, and that, that mm-hmm. was and no one called the cops. No one protected me. So that started a pattern of me feeling like I am not worthy. And later on, I also was someone who went to the church for help and couldn't get it because I didn't pay enough tithes or because, you know, I was told, mm-hmm. you know, do one to, do unto your husband as you would do <laughs> unto the Lord. But I'm telling you, yeah. I'm telling you he's touching my babies and he's pulling a gun on me, but he's a cop. He's a good man. He's a good man. And look at you, a single mother. And these are things that were actually said to me uh, by my family yeah. included. What's wrong with you, young yep. girls? I always want to throw a good man away. He's got a good job. He's wearing a badge. He's providing a home. And you just... You know who, who's going to want you? You're a single mother with these different kids. I'm saying this because these are things that a lot of uh, battered women are are up against, and it's my plea to you and to others that are in positions of power, especially yeah. in the church, to 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 push and do and do make moves for more accountability when it comes to people that are behind a, a badge or a pulpit, for more accountability there, um, because that's where a lot of that starts as well um so that that is um that that is my petition as far as that is concerned and um i think i would leave it there
3: well, well say, let, let me please. just say I'm, I, I want to jump in, Pastor Cooper and uh, and yes. Dr. Carr, because they're both they're both pastors that serve churches that have a lot of parishioners uh, in their churches. Let me just tell you that in my career, I, what Miss Nicole just said, I've heard it repeatedly over and over and over, and how it's hidden, it's hidden in our churches. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they protect we, – we, we can look at the Catholic Church and how they <laughs> moved uh, bishops from uh, – priests from one location to the other location when they were sexually abusing young, young boys. Mm-hmm. That is a form of abuse. That is truly abuse. And then I'll share this with you guys that in the military, I, I was the officer in charge of this same kind of thing. And so when I would take these boys to, because they were boys, not men, because if they were men, they would not have abused their wives, in my opinion. Um. I would take it to our commander in our meetings, and they would say to me, oh, at that time I was a captain, Captain, you're going to ruin these guys' career? I said, no, I'm not. They ruined their own career, and they Mm -hmm. need to be removed and what they would do, and, and, and I know I can attest to this, they would move them to another military installation and let them continue yeah. to do the same thing. Military sexual Ooh. trauma is strong in the military, strong in the military. Mm-hmm. I have one it's thing like, that, that I want to – go ahead, Pastor Cooper, do you have something?
1: No, let me just say Dr. Carr.
3: Oh, Dr. Yeah. Carr. Okay, go ahead, Dr. Carr. No, it
1: was, me. it was not me. It was not me. Yeah.
3: Okay,
6: those I thought I, I heard No, nah, oh, oh, those men ahead, Brim, I was yeah.
1: just
2: saying like the post. I said like the Pope well, all Yes,
6: abuse, yes
2: like... Right,
3: but I have one question That I just got from a uh, From a listener and, and she talked about Sometimes she saw as a child She saw her parents fighting Over and over and over And then she talked about The fact that she went toward And this is very prevalent she went toward a man who physically abuses her, mentally abuses her, and even to the point where he's tried to kill her, but she keeps going back to that person. Any comments for her, that listener, uh, from either Debo or from quickly, mm-hmm. or from Ms. Nicole? Either one of the two of you? want to have any comments in regards to that. Say something to this young lady to show her that she has to love herself first. She has to love herself. And if she loves herself, I don't think that she's going to continue to go back into a violent... where She jumped out of a car and injured herself to try to get away from this guy. Uh, Nicole, and then we'll go to uh, Ms. Debo.
5: Quickly. Um,
6: I would... I would encourage her to uh, surround herself with support because sometimes you need that strength outside of you to borrow, to make the right decision, um, to, you know, get with a therapist. If you feel like you can't afford it, because you can get it for free. Um, I would advise her to go to the library, get on your cell phone, whatever you got to do when you're alone and immediately get help, get therapy, you know, reach out to domestic violence centers and be willing to accept that help right away. Um, and tell yourself over and over again, write it down as an affirmation if you got to, that you cannot save him, you can't help him, you can't raise him, you cannot make him be better. It's all about you, 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 you. You got to save yourself. Okay.
3: So (laughs) so what you're saying is that there is a way that she can find strength to leave an abusive relationship with a man that she thinks that she is so in Mm -hmm. love with.
4: That she has got to happen. Absolutely. How
3: about you, Debo? And, and then we're going to move on that. I would say, go, like, like you said earlier,
4: is a lot of times, you just said it earlier, um, loving yourself. And a lot of times, you know, because I didn't know what love was. Um, my father, I felt like he didn't love me, so I went looking for love in the wrong places.
0: And the first person
4: that really made me feel like I was a woman or somebody was my perpetrator, my son's father. So that was a different type of love. I didn't really love him after he hurt me, and he didn't do this until three years later. So what I would say to you is get a counselor. Call the one 800 799-7233, they don't know you. Just talk to a counselor and get it all out first. And the more you start talking about and realize you don't deserve this, then that's when they'll help you with an exit plan. Because let me tell you, that beating, it it, it gets worse. It doesn't get better, baby. It gets worse. Very
3: good. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, a lot of women would love to think that they can change their Mm -mm. abusers. Right, can't change him. He yes. has to change himself. Right, if he wants to change, right. he has to change himself. The woman cannot change him. Listen, ladies, this has been amazing. We're going to get back over here and and let the next few minutes. We we usually spend our last half hour talking about what's going on around the world politically. And so we want Lala to give us our final comments on. Um, the uh, Tina Fest and how people can get involved and how they can find their tickets and all that and what the price of the tickets are again, the email address and all of that. And you'll be hearing more about it right here on this show because we are involved in helping to put uh, this event
5: on there in the Dallas metropolitan area. Lala, it's all yours. Absolutely. Um, first, and, first and foremost, thank you again, Dr. McKellar, for having me yeah. and Nicole and, and um, Ms. Deborah on tonight. It's been an amazing, yeah. amazingly powerful conversation. Uh, thank you to the yeah. gentlemen who are on the panel and for your words as well as support. Um, Thank you, Dr. McKellar, just for your support in this endeavor as well, just in general. Like, I really appreciate your encouragement. Um yeah. The is happening December sixteenth, two 2023, um, at the Statler Hotel in downtown Dallas. Uh, the t- tickets are available right now on um, the Bitly it's bit.ly forward slash Again, that's bit.ly forward slash If you type that in, it's really easy to, really easy to go right to it. i um, currently working on VIP packages to have available on that same site, um, as well, if, if you're interested in um, becoming a vendor or if you're interested in um, advertising with us as a sponsor and or a partner, Um, There is a link available on that same site as well with more information about the different things you get in exchange for your participation financially with this event. Again, that's bit.ly forward slash TinaFest. Thank you in advance. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Listen,
3: I I just sent a message to these ladies and gentlemen that that they're, they're so incredibly beautiful. I mean, they're beautiful inside and out. They're so talented and inspiring uh, for all the ladies. I'm getting so many text messages from people who are listening that says that this is just, uh, this has helped me. This is outstanding. We need more of this. And so we want them to come to Tina Fest so that we can get more of this because, as mentioned, we will have a panel discussion uh, during that night. This is going to be an amazing event, and we cannot wait. We look forward to it. So we'll be talking more about it so that we can get everybody involved. And we're going to get our uh, bus transportation for East Texas because, as Lala said, she hails from East Texas, born and bred in Longview and lived in the Longview, Gladewater area. So she's one of our own. So so quickly, guys, uh, the last second, we have a few minutes, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on with the campaigns in America, the 2024, as we know, uh, Mr. Pence. Uh, Stepped away and ended his campaign, and because we know he was not doing very much, so let's talk about that, Mr. Arthur. Let's go to you
2: first. Well, the reason that he abandoned his campaign was because uh, here lately a lot of things has changed for for Mr. for Mr. Past President in court as far as post flipping and so forth and so on. So. Uh, you know, the of the back. So, so, so he knew. So, you know, he's gonna have to testify, okay, uh, in Judge Chakken's court. And so he know, he know, ain't no need him. You know, he, I mean, he, you know, you know, he know if he keep if he keep running, he know what Trump's gonna do. At least right now, the judge and reinstated the gag order. So, uh, so, so Pence probably figured, well, okay, I'm, I'm gonna be a. Uh, you know, since i going to testify, I go ahead and hide behind the gag order. Because so, he keeps running for president, uh, uh, Trump's going to tag him. So, you know, he knew
1: he started writing on the wall. So that's
2: what hey, he good
3: point. Out. Good point. I love that. What What are your thoughts, Dr. Carr?
1: I think it's interesting that uh, former Vice President Pence entered the race for the reasons that Mr. Arthur just mentioned. Uh, I mean, you know that if there's skeletons in dying closet and thy neighbor has access to those skeletons, they might play that trump card at just the wrong time for you. So I think Mike Pence probably did the wise thing is to fade into the shadows and watch some other candidate uh, rise to be the challenger on the Republican side. So I think he did a a worthy, worthwhile thing to step away, you know, because he may have gotten really hurt in the long run because Trump is still out there His base is still strong, and he has friends in places that many people don't know about.
3: I like I love the way you guys put that. (laughs) What about you, uh, Pastor Cooper? Because it's very very interesting. Dr. Carr said there may be some skeletons that may come forth, and Mr. Arthur laid it out pretty beautifully too. That they're both in trouble. But go ahead. What are your thoughts,
7: Pastor Cooper? Absolutely. I think they're both on the right path there, and uh, I concur with Dr. Carr. Uh, Pence knows that his, his days are numbered, unfortunately, uh, because he, he's he's more of a normal candidate. But right now in the Republican Party, they're looking for extremists, uh, and Donald Trump still fit that bill for them, and so everyone else is running to be his vice president, uh, yeah. which is literally uh, more scarier than um, if we didn't have Trump leading that field because now you have Christy that's saying just anything uh, Uncle Tim Scott what's his name? Tom Scott Tim Scott what, I, I think he's coming up and,
0: <laughs> Yeah, there you go
7: Yeah, yeah. He, he's coming up and, and they're saying that he might be a good vice president candidate then you have Nikki Haley that, that's uh, trying to step up and, and she thinks that when she was abusive to Trump before, we were talking about abusive behaviors earlier, she's addicted to it because uh, she's now doing the same thing, knowing that all that she's doing is running for position to run as vice president for uh, uh running mate for Donald Trump. Hey, hey, hey sir. uh Yes, sir. Go right hey, ahead, Ms. Arthur. Look at that case.
2: that case in Colorado, you know they moving that forward. The trial, the trial, the, the trial can start here in a minute. I said I think it's. Anyway, anyway, I, I think I think it may have started today. Uh, but anyway, uh, trial the trial for Donald Trump whether he could eligible to run or not in Colorado has been advanced or so not. they can hold a uh, hold a trial and and so forth to uh, you know ascertain who can say he can run or not. Who is that entity or person? You know, using Secretary of State. So once they clarify that, then it will be a, a, a lot of other sectors around, around the nation they're going to look at and say, okay, you know, we're going to do the same thing. So you could have a situation where he could be the nominee and not be able to run in a bunch of states.
3: Gotcha. So, okay, sounds good. Now, now I guess my question would be to the, our two pastors we have on, and that is, what what do we look like here in America these days now? We know all the things that have gone on with Trump and the cases that he has against him, but he's still polling. Now, a lot of people don't look at polls, but I sometimes look at polls, Miss Arthur. Sometimes I do. And this guy is still polling higher than anybody, but still We accept all of these things, and I say we, I'm talking about America. I don't accept, and we don't accept wrongdoing, right? But people are still embracing Donald Trump no matter. And we've been talking tonight about abuse toward women, and we know that this guy was fined millions of dollars because he abused women. He even talked about in one of his uh, conversations with the Bush mm-hmm. guy, yep. about on what the he did to other women on the bus, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then he talked it about going on. into yes. And then he talked about going into the young girls around the young girls when they're trying to get dressed. He walks right through, and and these are young. He's a pedophile too, because these were young girls. You know, he was a pedantry.
2: They knew right? before he ran. They, they knew all that before yeah. he ran for president. They knew all that before he ran. Now, now, now who knew it? Look here. Let, let, let's be clear. We we okay. we, we say they, they keep the polls high. Let, let, let's be clear. Uh, white people, white people, are supporting this guy, in regards of what he has done. That's what we have. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't America. It's, it's, it's predominantly white people that are supporting this guy because his message is you all are losing your position in America. If you want to keep your position in America, then we need to do this for But, our but you just,
3: but you just said America. You just said America. We're talking about America and that's what, yes, mm-hmm. we don't support that, but we're talking about mm-hmm. America. Go ahead, Mr. Arthur. Mm-hmm.
2: Well I'm just saying that, you know, we can do let's be clear about you know, who this is that's supporting him. That that, that, that that And this Republican Party, you just saw him perform. We're trying to get another speaker. You saw all that craziness and so forth. Uh, that's what we're dealing with. So we're dealing with a, a party that don't accept democracy. It, 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 it's a fascist movement. It's a fascist movement, and we need to call it what it is. Uh, if we just call them crazy white people. You know, that ain't good enough. No, these are fascists, <laughs> and they have money, okay, with their fascism. Uh, uh,
7: uh, 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 Dictatorship.
3: And I, I want the I want the ladies to know that if they're still on and listening, Mr. Arthur does not bite his tongue. He tells it <laughs> like he sees it. But go ahead, Mr. Arthur, continue
2: on. Leonard <laughs> Leo and all these people that, when they formulate, their plan. take over the Supreme Court. Another section they plan with civil rights organizations. That's what you have to understand. So this stuff you're seeing didn't just all of a sudden happen. It's a 20-year program, and I see the results. And so we got to make it right, you know, and we got to be, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, they got a whole messaging thing working with it. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated thing they're doing. It ain't that this stuff is happening. Oh, no, they're working this thing, so we need to be aware of what they're doing so we can push back, that's all I'm saying, and push back against our leaders that are bought into it.
0: Very, very good. Well you good know the point. gate. The Go gate ahead, the
7: gate to hell is wide and crowded. <laughs> you talking about America, you know, the gate to hell is wide and crowded. And that, that <laughs> yes, other sir. gate is narrow, straight as the way. Yes, and there's sir. not that many yes, of sir. us on that on that path. And then uh Second Thessalonians you said in the last days they've been falling away. You know, we see it on our Facebook pages every day where they say, Well, you know, your feelings been hurt with Trump but your pocket's been pocketbook's been hurt with Biden so which one you prefer? Someone that offended you? Uh, Someone you know? So we see this. Uh, there's a guy who used to be on this show uh, years ago when we first started. He used to always talk about the voice of moral authority. I don't know where that guy went, but that he needs to come back. I need to hear that phrase. Was the voice of moral authority? And that's what's happening to our society right now. Uh, we don't care. Uh, they are fascists and they are dictators. Uh, and and so it, it has to even do with. Uh, abortion rights and things, our way of the highway, no other issues, nothing else concerned. Sure, we all uh, desire life. We all want certain things. But at the same time, none of us on this phone wants to force anyone to do anything. That is abuse. Uh, And so America is is the abused woman, and our abuser is is an ex-president, and uh, we're addicted to him. Our, our society is addicted to abuse. Well, well, well here's the thing. Uh wow. The world is
2: changing. Uh, America is changing. We, we got a current situation like in foreign policy, where we got, on the one hand, we we're, we're fighting against somebody to took some land, then on the other hand we're fighting for uh, somebody to took some land. So, you know, so we got a real oh, – oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let me tell you this before, before. – what I found out was about the Palestinians, okay, within that, okay, within the Palestinian state over there, they got a hood. They got a they got a, they got a hood over there. And guess what? They treat them like the N-word, the Palestinians do. So it's a lot of moving. It's a lot, You know, it's more complicated. I mean, it's not complicated stuff going on over there. Somebody's saying that. But America, our money, on the one hand, we're spending money to stop somebody from taking land, then on the other hand, we're spending money for somebody that's taking somebody's land. So that's a heck of a dynamic. And I'm just saying, again, the Boston Moral Authority says, hey, you know, you can't just be just blowing people up. If you, if you want to go have mob, go get a mob, them, but you you're just going to flatten the whole place. I mean, it's called ethnic cleansing or something like that. And I don't think we should be doing that. <laughs>
3: Exactly, and let, let, let me just say this. Uh, I think it was Pastor Cooper that mentioned, uh, "Do you want a pedophile or whatever else that you want to call the ex-president?" In comparison, do you want to hit your pocketbook? We got to educate people to understand that. First of all, that inflation that we talked about, we don't see that. In, we don't see that real inflation that has hit America, and then we also don't know what all that. President Biden has brought to this country. We, they've put in more jobs. If you want to go to work, you can get a job because the jobs are there. We beg people to come to work. We have jobs right now here in this city that we want to put people to work. It's not enough people. It's more jobs than people wanting to work. And so that message is not resonating and getting out there. Yeah, it's out there the Republicans are just not telling that message. There's
0: okay. a program, And
3: so consequently... Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I said there's a program. I'm saying there's a program. Why it's so hard to break through and get that message out? But Yeah, but they need yeah. to... Drop. They need to... Also, uh, Biden and Yes,
4: yeah. that's, that's
3: right. They need to do a better job of getting their message out there. We, I, listened, right. I don't know if you guys saw uh, 60 Minutes on last night... And so we, the vice president was on, and so a I lot of people are saying you saw it. Okay, and I saw it as well. talked about the things that, that President Biden and the vice president have brought to America and the number of jobs and the fact that, that the, this inflation that the Republicans keep talking about does not really exist.
7: No, and we're doing no, better no, in America.
0: Go ahead. So, Go
7: ahead. One of my other fields is also economics. And uh, one of the things I watch, because I, I, I've been in business now for 40 years, I know I'm only 7 to 40 years, no, 42 years, because I started when I was 14. And so I watch uh, the GDP, GNP, and all of those things. And what we have right now, <laughs> this is the best way they can describe it. We have good inflation, which means the economy is doing well, uh, 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 you know, because uh, – now the feds can't even look at raising interest rates because everything, if there was a such time as things being perfect, that's what we are in right now. And they have to give that credit to Joe Biden. They mm-hmm. have to give that credit to him, And they that's don't want to exactly do that. That's, so that's correct. The why, Yeah. The message is failing because they don't have a, a, a message that's telling the truth because people now have more money in their pocketbook. They're now paying their bills on time. You don't hear people talking about the government's bailing folks out. You don't hear those conversations anymore. You don't hear people talking about helping you out with mortgage and uh, uh, renters for and things like that. Now, we have our normal, what would you call, uh, 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 issues with people that are homeless and things like that. But you don't have the rate of people that were being homeless at the turn when we had the new president coming in, where you had your average everyday folks who were losing their apartments. And now we have buildings, we have infrastructure, we have, I mean, things are increasing and getting better. I'm hearing every day people investing and getting into business. I'm one of those guys that also considers getting into business again.
4: Absolutely,
3: absolutely. And I I want to share this quickly, is that we have not had pipes, water pipes, put into a, a Tyler, Texas Mm-hmm. since they first put water pipes in years ago. But because we got that infrastructure money where the president is go. building bridges and all of that, yep. we yep. are able to do that right here in our city, and not just this city, but all across America. He's put in the infrastructure for
2: us to be able to build,
3: rebuild some things that haven't been touched
0: in years. Anyway, so, and what? go was
2: ahead. And what Trump's pay- Fed pay- chair was trying to do was he he was using a model where he was going uh, uh use interest rates to kick people out of jobs right because what he didn't want was was for those rate increases that have he wants them to get locked in like like Mike was as for as you know the you're making inflation kind of a non issue and so that's what right. that's what they're doing. and so now but but now that the economy't got you know kicked to enough gear uh you know you know they they're not going to be able to raise interest rates at least at least not right now you know, like the Right, window, and, and
7: that's exactly what they say. It's almost like you watch the same, uh, so, you know, I, I watch C-SPAN and other channels like that. You know, I, instead of waiting for somebody to interpret the news for me, I hear what's going on. And I say, oh, we're in a good spot is basically what they're saying. And, and, and even that's on right. Newsmax and Fox News, if, right. if you listen to them, they're saying the same thing, but they say it in disguise to try to make it look that's like right. there's trouble on the uh, horizon. Yeah.
0: There
3: you go. go. Okay, sorry. Dr. Carr, you have any final comments? It's time for us to get out of here. But
0: this has been an amazing
1: show. Final comments. Uh, OdellCarr.com, get my book. Chapter 4 talks about mass media, politics, and religion, which encompasses our total conversation for tonight. Thank you so much.
3: Very I've good. enjoyed. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, this was an amazing show. We thank our special guests for coming on and being with us tonight. It's just been outstanding. And remember, Tina Fester is coming. Uh, that's uh, December the 16th, and we'll be talking more about it. Thank you so very much. God bless you, and we'll see you on next week. Have an amazing week, and be safe out there. Bye for now. Good and you know. We'll turn it over to Miss Rihanna. Miss Rihanna. Good Good night.
7: You good night. So good night. Author's not singing. If she don't, if she don't put the
0: music. One I hope day. I have not. <laughs> All right, I right, hit it. All right,
2: okay. Go ahead.
3: okay. If we don't, uh, if we don't have, our Miss Brianna could be already down for the evening. So we'll look forward to seeing you guys on next week. And be safe, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. And thank you, ladies, Everyone for coming. Thank All right, you, ladies. Right. Bye now. All
1: right. Goodbye.